immediately after he did that, this beam of light came out of the bottom of this thing and it came right for our canoe. They had larger eyes than ours, smaller nose, and smaller mouth. No protruding part of the ear and no hair. Don't look back, don't look, don't look. And it was tall, about seven, eight foot tall, and black, real hairy, like a gorilla. And uh, the one that came out of the woods joined the circle and they were all like, dancing around. And there were these beings, they were human shape, but they weren't human. There always is the mystery. Uh -uh. The thing we don't know, as Vandaloo put it, the mystery of life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your virtual campfire. We have an amazing show today with a guest that recounts his terrifying encounter with a dog man. Now, we cover a lot in this episode, so you'll definitely want to stick around. I'm your host, Sean Phillips, and you're listening to Firelight Vibes. Once again, everyone, welcome back to Firelight Vibes. Like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about Dogman today. Now, our guest today is actually a municipal court judge in Ohio, so for anonymity's sake, I'll be calling him judge throughout the episode. We get into a lot in this episode and really take a deep dive into what Dogman really is. Is it just a flesh and blood creature or is there something more supernatural to it? We talk about all of that and so much more. So without further ado, grab a snack, get comfortable, and let's get in the glow. Hey, Judge, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I think I may have told you this the other day on the phone, but your Dogman story was actually my introduction to the whole Dogman phenomenon. And it must have been back in uh, 2016 or 2017. I was going to college, actually. I w- I'm, a, I'm a painter and a sculptor, so I was getting my MFA. And throughout the day, I would have to have something while I'm painting and sculpting all day to listen to. So yeah, I'd be in the studio all day long looking for something to keep my mind occupied while I'm sculpting or painting. And I happened to cross Britton Salwin's channel and he had actually just posted your encounter on his channel. And it was a while back, but I do remember thinking at the beginning, beginning of the encounter that I wasn't prepared to accept that there was something like a dog man out there. I mean, really at the time I was into sure. like Bigfoot and aliens and stuff like that. The lesser known cryptid. Right, exactly. But I have to say, by the end of the show, I was completely convinced. I was like, oh my gosh, I believe in Dogman. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think it's the way that you tell the story, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's something about, it, it's compelling because you can tell that you're remembering the story as you're telling it, like you're reliving right. it. Right. It, so it, I think it, that's yeah. important. It's, it's, easy, it's easy to do because I just, I just take my head space and try to go back in time to that night. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I lived that night for years over and over and over trying to make sense about what happened and what I saw. Oh so, yeah. I can't uh, even imagine. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of them things that as a, as a teenager, you're not prepared to experience. And then as you, you know, you don't tell anybody and you go through life and you're constantly trying to find a frame of reference for what you saw and you relive that night, relive that night, relive that night. So. Right. Yeah. 
Well, I will shut up. And uh, if you will, just take us back to that night. Sure. So this is back in mid 80s in Ohio. And, and, and I was a. I was a high school athlete and um, a friend of the family's. And, and, and I've told this story in in great detail, and I've told this story in a real abbreviated form. And so my understanding is you want the whole story. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Time, so, time is not an option. I mean, a limit. Okay. So gotcha. take okay. as long as so, you want. So I was not a runner. I, had, I was a basketball player, football player, baseball player. And this friend of the family's, he was a military guy and, and he was retired and he was lonely and he just, I, you know, he just wanted something to do. And so he convinced me um, to get into a running program, to get in shape for sports and stuff like that. And I said, well, okay, you know, and then he conscripted me kind of against my will to run this 10 K road race, which for people that aren't familiar with running that 6.2 miles. And I'm like, gosh, dang, I you know, the first I'd ever ran was a mile, you know, for gym class or whatever, for basketball and stuff like that. 6.2 miles. Are you crazy? But <clears throat> I kind of got conscripted into doing it. So he would meet me and we would, you know, start off running a mile, then eventually two miles, three miles. And, and then I got to where I could run six miles. And so this would have been the race itself was the third weekend in August. It's, it's the, the Bratwurst Festival. It's a bit, it, it's not probably as big as what it used to be, but it was a pretty big festival. And it was a very big race. People came from all over Ohio to run in it. And so that, that was the third weekend that I was supposed to run this race. So this would have been probably about 10 days before. And I was supposed to run five miles that day. Well, it had been really, really hot for about three days in a row. Like it seemed like it was a hundred degrees. I can't, it, it seemed like it was a hundred degrees. And so Dale was the guy that was training me. He says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you your choice. You can get up really early before the sun gets up, you know, to avoid the heat or you can run in the evening. Well, I am a terrible morning person. I was back then and I still am. And so I'm like, well, I'll just run in the evening. So he wasn't going to come out like and drive the car beside me or sit at the mile post with the stopwatch or anything like that because I was going to run at night. And he was an old guy and he wasn't going to stay up that late. So he left me on my own. But he was very emphatic, make sure you get that five miles in. Well, as teenage boys go, <clears throat> I procrastinated and procrastinated, messed around. And next thing I know, it's getting late. It's getting evening. The sun's starting to go down. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I got to get that five miles in. <clears throat> and I screwed it on a little bit more. And it was just about dark when I was going to head out for my run. Now, I lived out in the country. I lived five miles out in the country on a, on a state route. And it was a, it was a two lane road. Then it's a two lane road now, but there was a lot of traffic that went up and down that road. So if those of you from Ohio will know what I'm talking about, but 
Um, Cedar Point is a very popular vacation site. It's an amusement park, world famous. And people from southern Ohio and, and central Ohio would drive that state route four to get to the lake. It was really the only way to get there back then. So there was a lot of traffic in the summer zooming up and down there, lots of semis. In fact, there was so much traffic that my mom never let me on a bicycle because she was convinced that I got killed on that road. So if you if you left my house and you went south, um, a very short ways, there was a little side road called Temple Road. And for me, I'd have to leave my house, cross State Route 4, go down through the ditch and I would get to Temple Road and I'd turn right. And if I went down to State Route 19 and back was five miles, it was two and a half miles to 19 and then two and a half miles back. So it's perfect. There's my five miles piece of cake, right? So keep in mind back then there weren't iPads and, and there really wasn't even the Walkman, or at least if there was the Walkman, my family couldn't afford it one for me. So, I had no headphones, music, or anything like that. It was just me in the night air, which didn't bother me at all. And I wasn't scared of the dark. I was a country boy, you know, played hide-and-go-seek in dark barns and cornfields and whatnot. So I take off down Temple Road. Now, to understand the topography, at that time, there was corn on my right side, which would have been the north side of the Temple Road, and there was beans, soybeans, on the left-hand side. And the corn at that time was about six feet tall. It was about head high. And I know that because I'm just, you know, I'm 5'11", and it was just, you know, right about a little bit taller than me. So it's a straight mile of corn on the right-hand side. And I get down to State Route 19, my turnaround point, and I'm coming back. Now, on the way back, when you get to the mile mark where I have one mile to go, there's a side road called uh, Flickinger Road. And Flickinger Road runs north-south, and Temple, Run, Temple Road runs east-west. And bef just before you get to you get to uh, Flickinger Road. There's a woods. There Now there's houses in there, and they, they've torn a bunch of it down. But at the time, there was a woods there, and it was fairly thick. And that would have been on my left-hand side. And then there was Flickinger, and the corn picked back up for Sod Mile. Well, for some reason, my and I call it my spider senses. My spider senses went off. And I felt like somebody or something was in the woods watching me. And I got the proverbial goosebumps and, and things like that. And, and I don't know why, but I stopped and I stared into the, into the woods. Now, it was a very clear night. It, 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 there wasn't a full moon. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes when you get a really full moon, it's like really, really great visibility. It wasn't like that, but it was still very clear. The sky was clear. And you could see somewhat into the woods, but not very far in. And I stood there for a little bit, staring in the woods, thinking, man, it just, 
something seemed off. Now, I did not get that sensation when I ran by it the first time. And so on the way back when I got it, it was kind of weird. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and I had ran by that woods numerous times because that was one of the roads that Dale would train me on. He would park his car at, at, at Flickinger Road, and there was another road called Eaton, and he'd park it at 19, and he would wait for me with a jug of water or stopwatch and stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew the distances and stuff like that, and I'd been by this woods numerous times, and I'd never gotten any creepy feelings or anything like that. So, when I got that feeling, it really kind of was weird, like, like, is there something in those woods that's looking at me? And so I stood there and I didn't see anything. And I thought to myself, okay, let's, let's just get out of here. I got a mile to go. <clears throat> and across Flickinger Road in the corn, I noticed that the corn started moving. And like a, like in a, like in a circular pattern, like something in the corn was moving in a circle. And whatever it was, it was pretty big because a lot of corn was moving. And my first thought was it was deer because we have a tremendous deer population in in Ohio. And so, but I thought that's weird. Why why would a deer be circling like that? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, and if anybody's been around deer, you know, they they run, they're scared of people. And so it would take off, you know, but it didn't. it, It was doing this like circle thing, which I thought was strange. And so I decided I better get out of here. It's late. So I take off running, and when I take off running, whatever was in the corn starts running with me. And when I say running with me, it was pacing me. And to the best of my recollection, it was about three or four rows in, so I couldn't see it, but I could see the corn moving. So so how far in is that, like... So, how, how many feet is that in? I would say corn? three rows in back then was probably about five feet. Okay. Probably five feet, maybe four feet. I mean, the rows, the rows are fairly tight. Mm-hmm. So they're fairly tight. So probably five feet. Um, and there was a little tiny ditch, like a little tiny ditch before you got to the corn. So total probably seven feet, maybe. And so when this thing started pacing me, I was like, what the heck? And I knew that it wasn't a deer. And so I stopped. And when I stopped, it stopped. And when I say it stopped, it stopped perfectly. It didn't run past me and double back. It didn't stop short. I mean, it stopped. To me, it stopped in the exact same place I did, which really freaked me out because how did it know I stopped? Cause I couldn't see it. How could it see me through the corn? You know what I mean? And yeah. so then my mind starts racing like, well, could this be a person in there? Is there somebody in the corn screwing with me? But you got to understand where Flickinger road was and where that was, was there's no houses around that, like within any close, close distance. So the odds that some person just happened to be out there, doing circles in the corn and then decides to keep pace with some kid that's training for a 10 K very unlikely, especially 
if, if you have ever tried to run through a cornfield during the daylight, it's really difficult, let alone at night. And corn will cut you up. I mean, if you run through there, short sleeve shirt, whatever, it, it'll cut you up. It's not a pleasant experience. Because I played, when I was a kid, played hide and go seek and run through cornfields. and <clears throat> It wasn't fun. So I ruled out a deer and I ruled out a person. There are no wolves. There's no bears. There's no bobcats in, in our area of the state. Coyotes were virtually non-existent back in the mid-80s, and they're small. They, they would not have moved the corn like this did. And so I'm completely and totally lost for what this is. Like, I can't imagine what's in that corn. So it, and when it stopped, I mean, the corn did not move at all. Like, it was perfectly still. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like whatever was in the corn stopped and it was kind of muscling around in there and rustling around in there. You know what I mean? Like there was no movement of the corn. It did. I mean, just completely still. And so I'm seeing it there and I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this is. I, I can't, I mean, I've ruled out all these other things that could be. So I say to myself, okay, it's time to shit and get, it's time to take off as fast as you can run and get out of there. So I take off and I mean, I take off, you know, you get the, you know, you get that full fight or flight adrenaline dump and I take off as fast as I can run. And when I take off the thing in the corn takes off immediately, like it took off same time I did. And it's whoosh, 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 whoosh through the corn pacing me the same way. So I can't remember exactly how far I ran, you know, but when you, when you get, and I don't know if anybody's ever been chased by something or, or been in a situation where you get that massive adrenaline dump, but it doesn't last for a long time. You know, so I, I sprinted to get away. And when I realized I couldn't get away from it, like I could not outrun it. Um, I stopped <clears throat> And to catch my breath, and I felt like I was going to hyperventilate. I remember, you know, putting the hand, you know, putting my hands on my knees and <gasps> because I'd gotten all that adrenaline and, and it dumped, you know what I mean? Like I, I used it up and now I'm in panic mode because I now know that whatever's in the corn is faster than me because I was running as fast as I could and it paced me. I could not lose it. And, and I can't impress upon you enough how hard it is to run through a cornfield during the daylight, let alone at night. So whatever this thing was in the corn, it was way, 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 way faster than me. And to the, and the way the corn was moving, it was way bigger than me. So now I have to come to the realization this thing's faster than me. It's bigger than me. I can't get away from it. So I start walking kind of like a walk jog. And when I do, guess what? It starts pacing me too. <laughs> so if I sped up, it sped up. If I slowed down, it slowed down, which is just surreal, you know, because how, how is it seeing me? Like, I can't see it. How does it know? How does it know I'm slowing down? 
You know what I mean? Like, how does it know I'm slowing down? But it did. It, it, it paced me. It slowed down. It sped up with me. So there was at about the half mile mark. And, and I say about because I, I can't tell you that it's exactly a half mile. But at about the half mile mark before I would get back to Route 4 to go home, there was an old farmhouse. And, and at the time, and I don't know why, but the farmer that had lived there, they, they must have been either gone or or something, but there hadn't been anybody living there for a while, like her staying there. So I knew there was nobody living in the house. I could run up and knock on the door or anything like that. But I knew that there was a tree. I remembered that there had been a tree out by the road. And I thought, yeah, you know, country boy, I'm just going to climb this tree. I'm going to climb the tree. I'm going to get a high enough vantage point. I'm going to see into the corn, see what it is, or I'm just going to wait it out. If I have to stay up here all night, I'll stay up here all night. Maybe my mom and dad will come looking for me at some point. You know what I mean? And and because keep this in mind, for for younger listeners out there, there were no cell phones back then. (laughs) So there was no way to call. I mean, there was no no way. So I I start this kind of, you know, walk, jog, jogging. And I see the I see the farmhouse is coming up, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna climb the tree. If I have to sit there all night, I'll sit there all night. And I get up there, and somebody had recently dehorned the tree. And what that means is they cut all the little branches off. So there there was no way I could climb it. it they they had trimmed it all up. And I'm like, gosh, dang it, because that was my. That was my hope. I'm just going to climb this tree. Well, there's no way I could climb the tree. There were no branches. They cut them off. And so now I'm roughly a half mile from Route 4. And I'm like, okay, I'm standing there at the tree and, and the corn's not moving. I know it's in there and it's waiting for me to make a move. So Temple Road's not a very not a very wide road. I mean, two cars can pass each other on it, but you slow down. You know what I mean? Like you slow down. Right. Um, yeah. And so I decided to get all the way to the far right hand side of the road. And I thought, well, <clears throat> if this thing comes out of the corn, whatever it is, it's kind of try to get me, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I, I remembered one of my best friends lived to the right. So when I get to Route 4, for me to go home, I got to turn left. But a good friend of mine was to the right, and I'd have to run down the road that way. So I contemplated cutting across the soybean field, you know, angling across the soybean field to get to his house. But... Now, mind you, this is a 15-year-old kid thinking this through. Okay, not me today. But as a 15-year-old kid, I knew how the soybeans were planted, how the rows ran. And it's going to be almost impossible to run across those rows. You'll get your foot snagged up and you're you're not going to run across them. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, if I do that and this thing comes out of the corn – I'm going to trip and fall trying to cross these soybeans. It's going to have me. I have no chance. 
but I knew that if I stayed on the road, on the asphalt, where I had sure footing, even if it was faster than me, I might be able to outjuke it. And, and this is, and this sounds silly, but in my 15-year-old mind, you remember playing tag in gym class or in recess or whatever. And even though there was a kid faster than you, you could always kind of juke him and dodge him and arch your back to avoid getting tagged. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So the thought is stay on the asphalt because I can juke and move. But if I go into the bean field and it comes after me, I'm never going to be able to juke that. You know, I might be able to walk across the bean field, but I'm never going to be able to run. So I decide to stay on the road. And I make the decision that rather than turning left to go to my house, <clears throat> I'm going to go right. And, and the reason why I said that was because the corn did not go all the way up to Route 4. Okay. So there, you, you had Route 4 and then you had a ravine. And then there was 20, 30 feet of weeds, wildflowers, and stuff like that before the corn actually started. And the only, the only thing I can think of is it was difficult for the farmer to get his, his plow or planter turned around. So they didn't plant all the way up to the road. You know what I'm saying? Plus yeah, there's gotcha. a utility easement there and there's, you know, telephone poles and stuff. So long story short on that is if I would turn left to go to my house this thing was going to come out of the corn when the corn ended and we were going to run right into each other. So I thought, eh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to get all the way as far as I can to the right hand side of the road. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go to, I'm going to run towards my buddy's house. So I have a half mile to work this out in my head. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm walk jogging it. And as I'm walk jogging it, of course, this thing's in the corn is keeping pace with me. It's pacing me. So I had a couple problems I had to work out in my head. One is <clears throat> when I get to Route 4, the plan was to take off like I got shot out of a cannon because his house was probably 250 yards away. And but I'd have to cross Route 4. And with all the traffic, it was it was going to almost be like playing the game Frogger. You remember the game Frogger? Oh yeah. So I'm going to be the frog, and I'm going to try to cross this road. And the last <laughs> thing I want to do is get splat. You know. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. But like I said, the corn ended about 20, 30 feet, so I was going to be able to look left. Now I could see right the whole time. The whole time I'm ahead there, I can see across the soybeans. The soybeans are only not even knee high. So I can see right. And I'm only going to have about 20, 30 feet to look left before, because the last thing I want to do is have to come to complete stop and wait for two or three semis to buzz by me and have this thing come out of the corn and it's got me. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> it paces me all the way up. And I'm not running hard or anything because I'm conserving energy. I'm like, okay, conserve energy, conserve energy, conserve energy. Because when you hit when you hit that that mark to where Route Four is, 
you are going to have to gun it as hard as you've ever gunned it. You know, because I knew it was faster than me. So I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And I can see because there's a there's a little crest in the road. And so I can see a semi's coming, but it's a little ways away. So I know I can get across Route 4. There's nothing coming from my right. There's a semi coming, but it's I've got time. So I told myself originally, don't look back. Don't look back. In part because I guess I thought of whatever was in the corn, if I turned and I looked in it, and it shocked me. And I mean, so in my mind, I have no idea what it is. If it shocked me, I was worried I'd freeze up. And I knew I didn't have I, I didn't have time. I had to be, I had to time this up perfect and blast out of there. So as I'm getting close to when the corn's about to end, I'm gearing up in my mind, okay, it's time to, you know, time to go full throttle. And I kind of side shuffled a little bit. And I looked, I, I don't know why I looked, but I didn't take off immediately. I actually looked and what I saw was this, <clears throat> this thing emerges from the corn and it was about six foot tall. It had the head of a dog. It had high point ears. It was on two legs. It was bipedal. And its shoulders were rolled forward. Like, and, and I, the best way I could describe it is the way it was standing is if anybody understands football, um, it looked like a linebacker who was in his, in his linebacker stance right up, you know, close to the line, getting ready to blitz the quarterback or something. So it, its shoulders were rolled and it had this really massive chest. But I'm not talking like a chest, like a gorilla. The, the best way I can describe it is uh, years later, I had a dachshund. And the dachshund was a mini dachshund, but he had this huge chest on him for a dog with short legs. He had this big muscular chest. And that's about the best way I could describe it. it its chest looked like, you know, a dachshund's on steroids. So it didn't look like... Anatomically, it wasn't like it didn't have pecs like a gorilla no. or a human would. No, it did not. It was have, more like, like the a, front of a dog. Right. It, it, like I said, it, it didn't look like a gorilla's chest or a human's chest. It, it looks like a dog's chest, but it was big. It was this thick chest. <clears throat> its fur was dark, and, and, and I can't tell you whether it was black or dark gray or brown. I, I couldn't tell you that, but it was just dark. And its head, it turned and just looked at me. Now, I, I, I don't recall. I don't think there was any eye shine. I don't think so. And I've been very careful about this. And I think I said this on another podcast. People ask me questions. And if I can't remember it exactly, I try not to guess because there's something that's called the power of suggestion. And I don't want someone to put in my mind that I saw something I didn't. So to the best of my knowledge, I don't recall seeing any eye shine, but it just turned and looked at me 
like a dog, how it turns its head. It just turned and looked at me. And it had these long arms. Um, I can't tell you if it had a tail or not because I couldn't, I couldn't see that. It just had came out of the corn. I can't tell you whether its knees were bent forward, bent back, or anything like that because the weeds, wildflowers, whatever was in there was at least knee deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But its arms were really long. And it just turned and looked at me. And I mean, I had no frame of reference for what I saw. So I see the truck and the truck is shining its lights on the area. And I shoot across route four and in my mind, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking that this thing, it looked like, it would drop to all fours. The way it was standing with its shoulders, it looked to me like it could, it could probably, because it was, it was standing on two legs. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it looked to me like from an anatomical or kinesiology standpoint, it looked like it could have dropped on all fours and ran like a dog. And in my mind, I imagined that this thing was running behind me on all fours. Now I never saw that. I never, and I'm not, and I'm going to make this the record perfectly clear, because if anybody's watched the uh, the movie, the documentary American Werewolves, where I was on that, the way the editing on that is, it makes it sound like I said that it dropped to all fours and was chasing me, but that's not true. I did not see it do that. I assumed it did, but I, but I don't know that. So I run across Route 4 into these other people's yards, and I'm sprinting. And this whole time, I'm thinking this thing's got to be right behind me. And my buddy had an in-ground pool, and it had a deep end of about 10 feet deep. And they had one of those chain-link scalloped fences that went around the pool. And they almost always left the gate open. Um, So I'm thinking, I'm just going to run through the gate, and I'm going to jump right in the pool. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought jump in the pool. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, jump in the pool. But it was the shallow (laughs) end. So when you go through the gate, the shallow end is first. So as I'm getting close to it, I see it, and they got the goddamn – the fence is closed. And it had one of those latches that looked like a – like a, you know what it is, like a cup, like a a U-shape. So you have to actually – stop and lift that thing up to open the gate and the gate swung out towards you. My memory serves me correctly. Well, I knew I didn't have time to stop and open the gate. So I thought, screw it. I'm going to Fallsbury flop it. You know what I mean? Like it was too high for me to hurdle, but I said, I was just, I'm going to Fallsbury flop this thing. So as I get there, I jump up, throw my feet up in the air, put my hand down and my side gets gouged by this, by that fence. Like it scratched the shit out of me. And I lay and stumble and I just dive headfirst into the pool. And I remember I'm, I'm the angle at which I came, I didn't dive right into the shallow end because I hit my head, right? <clears throat> so I dove off to the side. And I remember there was a real steep to go from the shallow end to the deep end, which was 10 feet. There was kind of like a real steep, you know, decline in the pool. 
And I remember feeling my chest going down that as I'm sliding into the deep end. <clears throat> and when I get there, I, I plugged my nose when I got there and I held my breath and I opened my eyes underwater. And I remember looking up thinking for sure that this thing's going to be standing on the edge of the pool waiting for me to surface. But I look up and I don't see anything. And so I swim to the surface. And by the way, trying to swim with a pair of shoes on, running shoes is terrible, by the way. So I get to the top and I kind of tread water and I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I swim to the side. I jump out and I run to the, they had a sliding glass door on the patio and they had, the curtains were pulled. And so they never locked their doors. So it was the eighties. And I know this sounds funny to some people (laughs) listening, but nobody locked their car doors. My mom left her keys in the ignition. Okay. Like (laughs) you just, it was a small town. Nobody did anything. So you would leave, like they left one time, my my buddy left and went on vacation to Florida for a week and they left their house completely unlocked because (laughs) it's well, in case somebody needed something, they could just stop by and get it. It, it, There was nothing like, Hey, we'll leave a key under the mat. No, I just left the place unlocked, you know? (laughs) So I, I didn't figure the door was locked. So I grab that the the slider door and I rip it open and I rip the curtain open. And my buddy, it's funny because he had his family had gotten satellite TV. And back then the satellite, the 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 dish that they would bring was like gigantic. Like it looked like it was something from the movie Contact, where you would be checking out some other galaxy with it. You know what I mean? It was they were (laughs) huge and ridiculous. But it was, like I said, it was the middle 80s. Nobody, very few people had those. So he, unbeknownst to his parents, had found the Playboy channel on there. So when I ripped that open, he's sitting there watching the Playboy channel. And he thought it was his parents that came home and, and surprised him. And he lets out a scream like he's been caught, you know. And I let out a scream because I've been chased for my life. And I remember slamming the door shut. And screaming, turn the lights out, turn the lights out, turn the lights out, turn the lights out. And he's like, what? You know, what, what, what? turn the lights out, turn the lights out, turn the lights out. So he turned the lights out. And he's like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? I'm like, something's chasing me. Something's chasing me. Something's chasing me. And so we, I remember going to the windows and looking out and seeing if there was something out there. Now, he, uh, he had an interesting property because their their garage was not attached to the house it was a separate building away from the house like you had to walk a distance to get to their garage the way it was i mean like yeah i mean it was like over 100 feet to get to their garage it was it was long well maybe not 100 let me think eh, i'm gonna say 75 so i'm thinking about length of a basketball court it's about 84 feet so it's probably about 75 feet to get yeah, out that, of his house that's too long after being chased by a dog man. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a long way. So, and, and I didn't know if his mom and dad were home or not. I don't know. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I figured it mm-hmm. out. when. But, so we're looking out the windows. We're looking out the windows. We're looking out the windows. And, and I'm looking for something out there. And, and I don't see it. You know, I don't see it. But they had bushes. They had trees. They had, you know, all kinds of stuff. This thing could have been hiding behind. You know what I mean? 
So I, I didn't tell him what I saw, but I just told him there was something. It was in the corner. I told him the whole story, told him the whole story. And I told him that something was chasing me. And of course, he's like, oh, it had to be a deer. Oh, it had to be a dog. I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't that. It wasn't a person. It wasn't a person. And I don't know why I didn't tell him at the time. You know what I mean? It's at the time, I don't know why I didn't tell him. But part of me was just like, nobody believed you. You know what I mean? Like, nobody said, believe me. And, and the thing was, if he if he would have said, What exactly did you see? Now come on, you know, what exactly you see? The what I would have had to have said was it looked like the Egyptian god Anubis. That's the best description that I could give of it is it looked like the Egyptian god Anubis. And I never thought for a second to say it was a werewolf. And the reason why is because I grew up watching werewolf movies, you know, Lon Chaney Jr., you know, Curse of the Werewolf. And a werewolf to me was like, was a person that metamorphosed into this wolf and it had a flat human face and it still had its jeans on and its flannel shirt. You know what I mean? Like that was the wolf man. That was my idea of where was a wolf man. I never, I never thought of a werewolf of looking like a wolf, like a dog. You know what I mean? Like right. I never, never thought of that. But like I said, the only frame of reference that I had in my mind was it looked like the Egyptian god Anubis. That's what it looked like. It was dark fur, you know, the, 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 the dog head, high pointed ears. That's what it looked like. And I wasn't going to tell my buddy, Hey, you're not going to believe this, but I think I was chased by the Egyptian god Anubis <laughs> because he would have been like, you know, it, there was a, me and my friends and maybe we're different than other friends and maybe boys differ from girls. I don't know, but we, teased and ribbed and poked fun at each other all the time, like unmercifully. You know what I mean? Like today, you've heard <laughs> friends talk to you. It's like, oh, why are you guys even friends? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that, you know, I don't, you know, you just say to, so it was like the next night or maybe the night after I was playing cards with the rest of the guys in the basketball team and, and Grover, who is, you know, the, the, um, who runs the, from the shadows podcast, he's with us and I'm telling him the story. And, and of course I tell him everything that happened and I leave out that I think I saw the Egyptian God Anubis, you know what I mean? And of course they're, you know, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that, you know, and, and then some, you know, of course they start making fun of me and all this different stuff. And if I would have, if I would have told them, what I saw, I didn't, I mean, they would have laughed me out of the place. I mean, they, they would have, I'd never heard the end of it. So, so I didn't tell them. The only person I told was my dad and my dad, he, my dad was the seventh son of a seventh son. And he had always had this kind of supernatural, um, or about him. You know what I mean? Like he claimed that he could see ghosts and different shit like that. You know what I mean? But so I told him, he kind of, well, you know, you know, the dark, you know, people think they see stuff in the dark. It's not really there. And shadows, you know, they can really distort things. You know, he's giving me all this stuff. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you think you saw, it could have been a deer, a deer, 
you know, a deer's head looks like a dog's head. You said it had high pointed ears. I'm like, yeah, but dad, the deer's wouldn't have paced me. And I said, I saw it. It was on two legs. I know it was on two legs. Well, you know, you know, my dad basically tried to talk me out of it, tried to talk me out of saying what I saw. You know what I mean? Like he didn't say, hey, yeah. don't go tell anybody this. But he was trying to convince me that what I saw was not this creature. You know what I mean? And so it was like a couple nights later. I, and we lived, like I said, we lived on like a farm, it, but you know, we weren't farmers, but we had a, outbuildings and barns and we had some animals, like we had some goats and, and some chickens and things like that. And I remember my dad was going out to the barn to check on them. And I looked and I saw in the waistline in, in the back of his pants, I saw he had a pistol and I was like, dad has a gun. Now I, I knew dad had like a 22 rifle that we would go out when I was a kid to a conservation league and they would have uh, trap shooting. They'd shoot, you know, targets, but I didn't even, he hadn't done that in years. I didn't even know where that 22 was, but I'm like, my dad has a pistol. And it was like, why has he got a pistol on his back of his pants? And then it hit me. He believes what I told him or he had it just in case I was right. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah. Like he was because here's the thing at that time, all around my house was corn. Like my house and our property was surrounded by corn. It was six feet high. So if this thing that was in the corn chasing me slipped off, slipped across route four, it could, it could have been real close to our house, like really close to our house. So that was the only person I told what I saw. And so years goes by, and it's always in the back of my mind. It's always in the back of my mind. You go out at night, you know, hey, what's lurking in the darkness? What's hiding in the shadows, you know? And so, you know, I remember watching an old Sherlock Holmes movie. It was The Hound of Baskerville, you know what I mean? And, the, and these devil dogs that, that ran through the moors and stuff. And I thought, could that have been what I saw? And then I started kind of convincing myself that, yeah, this was a devil dog. I think this was a devil dog. Yeah, you know, that's what I think I saw. I think I saw a devil dog. But the descriptions that people gave of devil dogs like the, over in Europe and stuff like that didn't really match up to what I saw. You know what I mean? Like, didn't really match up to what I saw. So I wasn't 100% convinced what I saw was these so-called mythical devil dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So... Years goes by and suddenly the internet pops up, right? Now there's the internet. And I remember hearing, and I can't remember exactly whether, how I first heard about it, but I remember hearing Linda Gottfried on something talking about dog man. And I didn't catch the whole thing. And so I was like, Linda Gottfried, remember that? And I found out she had wrote this book about the beast of Bray Road and stuff. And so I, I got the book and I started reading it. And lo and behold, someone who gave an eyewitness account said that what they saw looked like the Egyptian god Anubis. And it hit me. That's what I saw. That's exactly wow. what I saw. And that is in, 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 
it was deemed Dogman. Linda Godfrey, uh, may she rest in peace, was the person that came up with the term of art Dogman. And I thought that that I mean, after reading her book and listening to other eyewitness accounts that I could never have found back when I was a kid or even when I was in college, you know what I mean? Like now I knew. And so once I knew for sure what it was, I went to to Grover and I said, hey, you know, that story I told you all those years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because, well, I know what I saw now. And I told him, he goes, well, you never told us back then. I said, well, no, because you'd have made fun of me. He's like, yeah, we would have made fun of you pretty bad. <laughs> so we started talking about it. And, and we thought, you know, we should start a podcast. And the purpose of the podcast was to create a form for people like me who had had paranormal, supernatural, or cryptid experiences, but were too afraid to tell people because they thought that they'd be made fun of or they'd be judged or they would be ridiculed. And so we wanted to create a safe space form for which people could come on, tell their stories, and you know, that we would assure them that nobody was gonna question their integrity and or make fun of them, stuff like that. And so, you know, we started this podcast and it's called From the Shadows Podcast. And it started off as this little kind of a thing and it's grown to be a pretty, pretty big podcast. And we've been ranked like top three in Iceland a couple times and other European countries. We've been in a top five and, and stuff like that. So, um, and interestingly we had, you know, we had the show in a couple years and a lady from Dayton, Ohio, which is South contacted Grover and said, Hey, look, you know, I had a dog man experience when I was a teenager also, and I never told anybody. And this seems like the right time for me to come forward because your guys' podcast, I heard the judge tell his story. And so she came on and told her story and her story's more frightening than mine. And so, yeah, we, we created this form. We've had a lot of people come forward and, and tell their stories who'd never told them before. Well, that's awesome. And I've actually, I've, I've listened to the podcast and it's really cool. I, I like the banter that you guys have, just like you were saying, uh, Growing up, you guys were kind of like would make fun of each other. It's still kind of there on your podcast yeah. where you guys are back and forth with that. And I actually listened to the episode that you're talking about, I believe, um, where they had to jump in the car to yeah. get away from it. Is that yeah, it? they had yeah. to jump in the that car. Was they, yeah, they were. It was it was basically her and, and, and a guy she was kind of dating and another couple had went down this side road. And where this bridge was, was kind of a makeout spot, you know, for teenagers back then. And, and the bridge was closed for whatever reason. And they were down there at this bridge and they were all four, you know, teenagers around the car. And they saw these glowing eyes in, in the woods and they thought it was like a raccoon or something. And then this thing comes out of the woods and it's, it's a dog man. And, you know, they all panic and jump in their car. And this thing runs beside the car trying to get the door open. Right outside her window, right? Right outside her window. And wow, yeah, is that is. way scarier than my experience. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I, I was out in the middle of what seemed like nowhere, you know, and there was no way for me to get away from this thing. Right. But for hers, it was trying to get in the car. So it was, it was trying to get her it, it, to this day. And we'll, we'll go back to my story to this day. I don't know why it just didn't come out of the corner and grab me. It had me. There's no way I could have got away. 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I was on an airplane one time and I was reading uh, a cryptid book of some sort. And uh, what was the name of the book? It was Monsters and something. And I had this guy sitting beside me. We're about an hour into the flight or so. And he looks at me and says, hey, this book you're reading. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you believe in that stuff. I said, well, it's funny you should say that. So I told him my story because you're on an airplane. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so the guy says, wow, man, you're really lucky. And I said, yeah. He goes, well, he goes, here's the thing. He goes, I've hunted wolves up in Minnesota or Alaska or something. I can't remember where he said it was. He said, I've hunted wolves. He said, you know, wolves don't travel solo. He said, and the other thing is a wolf will not attack something larger than it by itself. And so he was telling me that if this thing, you know, was, was canine, the odds of it just being a solo hunter is really, really rare because canines are pack animals. And he said, his theory was this, that even though it was bigger than me, it did not want to attack me one-on-one for fear that it could, it would be a fight to the death and I could injure it. And if I injured it, it could no longer keep up with the pack. And so wolves never attack something one-on-one. They will, what they'll do is they'll send, it'll send someone to chase it, to lead it into being ambushed by the rest of the pack. And so the guy was like, look, you know, if you would have turned left to go home, all right, there's corn that runs all the way up to you where your property is. He said, I think there could have been more of these things waiting to ambush you. Now, I don't know if that's true, obviously, but it scared the shit out of me after he told me that. Yeah, that's terrifying. To think yeah, it, that. it, it scared me. So I'm thinking, yeah, why didn't it just come out of the woods? And, I mean, why didn't it just come out of the, the corn and get me? It could have got me at any time. You know what I mean? Like, it could have got me at any time. And he's like, yeah, because his buddies were waiting to ambush you. So, so that put a whole new level of fear in me. So we eventually got Linda Codfried on our podcast, you know, and this is going to be fun. You know, we're going to get Linda Godfrey, <laughs> who is the world's foremost expert on dog men. And it was a fascinating show. And I'm glad we got to talk to her before she passed away, but she spun me in an entirely different direction. And so there, there's this great debate out there and, and I'll throw it out to you. And so, you know, I'll be interested to get your take on this and, and any of your listeners who want to ask me a question, they can email you or you can forward it to me or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but here's the, here's, here's those two schools of thought. I always thought that dog man was just a flesh and blood creature that had just never been, you know, discovered so back in you know back when sailors first started sailing the you know the atlantic ocean and coming to america there were all these wild tales about giant squids coming out of the ocean and pulling sailors off ships and taking boats down you know the kraken shall we say and so You know, people thought that giant squids were things of myth and mystery. You know, there's stories that Taylor's told, you know. And so, I don't know if you're a history person, but the the cruise ship, the cruise liner, the Lusitania, um, 
was an American ship that was sneaking arms to Britain during World War One, And the Germans had submarines and they said, look, you know, we're going to warn you, America, because we weren't in the war yet. If you try to send if you try to send, you know, armaments to England, we're going to sink your ships. So the U.S. government thought it'd be cute and loaded up armaments on a civilian vessel called the Lusitania. So the Germans caught wind of it and they sunk it. They sunk the Lusitania. And that's what got the United States into World War One because a bunch of Americans died. However, as the story goes, the survivors that were floating in the ocean told that this giant squid came up and was taking people under. It was, you know, that a bunch of people died from this giant squid. Well, the newspapers who interviewed these people refused to run the story because giant squids weren't real. They were things of myth. They were things of folklore. They didn't exist. And so no newspaper wanted to ruin its credibility by running this crazy story. Well, fast forward however many years, and guess what? We now know giant squids are real. And so for me, I just figured Dog Man was a flesh and blood creature that we'd yet to actually get a body, just kind of like, you know, the giant squid. But Linda Godfrey put me in a different headspace. And, and so this is what happened. She said that she took all these Dog Man sightings from up in Michigan and Wisconsin and put them on a grid. And then she went and took Indian burial grounds and put them on a grid. And then she overlaid the grids, and guess what? <laughs> they matched up perfectly. Wow. So the question and, is, was there a burial ground near where you had your experience? Uh, so there's the Paul Harvey rest of the story, right? <laughs> if for all you <laughs> listeners may not know who Paul Harvey was. So after she said that, there's a website where you can just type in Indian burial grounds, Crawford County, Ohio, or whatever. And I did, and I'll be damned, about 250 yards away on Flickinger Road is two different burial, Indian burial ground sites. Wow. And that's where roughly I encountered the dog man was, was within 200 yards of those Indian burial grounds. So that, that does bring up a whole, like, the question of, is this thing just physical or is it supernatural? Because even going back to the beginning of your story, where you talk mm -hmm. about getting that sixth sense or the spider right. sense that you said, right? What, what, did that feel supernatural or was that just something that you thought that you feel like was a natural response to being hunted, basically? You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, being the son of a guy who is the seventh son of the seventh son, I kind of get these, you know, creepy feelings when I'm in certain places and things like that. But I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if this was some sort of primal, you know, was this some sort of primal instinctual thing that, you know, we have in us when we know we're being hunted? Or is this something because I'm sort of attuned to the supernatural and because, you know, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know for sure. So the, so the two schools of thought is this. The one is the flesh and blood creature just hasn't been, body hasn't been discovered. The other thing is, or is this a supernatural 
entity that is guarding Indian burial grounds and it can it can go from it can take physical form. You know what I mean? It can take physical form. I don't know the answer to that. But so here's the thing. If if dog man is real, this thing, like I said, its shoulders were rolled, it looked like it was hunched over. If it would have stretched itself out to full height, it was probably at least six foot five. Okay. So six foot five, 250 pounds, maybe. Okay. How much does that thing need to eat a week to to sustain itself? I don't know, you know, but I will say this much back in the eighties, the deer population, even today, the deer population's out of control. I mean, if there's a pack of dogmen, let's say five, six, seven dogmen, they could survive on deer alone. There's just that many deer. And there are tons of farms around here. Could they raid farms? Absolutely. Could They could raid a farm. Um, and, you know, and, and farmers today would probably just chalk it up. Well, you know, coyotes got this sheep. Coyotes got this goat. Coyotes got these chickens. You know what I mean? Right. And back then, there was no security cameras, you know. There was no security cameras back then. So mm-hmm. there is plenty of food for something that is a real flesh and blood creature to survive on. Okay? Absolutely there is. But at the same time, you don't find these dog man footprints. You know what I mean? You don't find this stuff. Um, but maybe they're – or they're just these supernatural things that, you know, poop metamorphose out of thin air and – They can take physical form for a while and stuff like that. So Linda was telling us that, you know, she went out on Bray Road and there's this one farmer there that has all these dogman sightings. And in conjunction with the dogman sightings, they see these glowing orbs. And I know people talk about those with Bigfoot, too. But she was telling these really compelling stories. And this is really freaky out, at least I don't know if it freak you out or not, but she was saying that her and some investigators were constantly seeing these orbs, these orbs of light, and they would come really close to them. Now, Linda, you know, she's the one that coined dog man. She's talked to hundreds, if not thousands of eyewitness testimony. She has no reason. There's no pecuniary interest or financial gain for her to start making up the fact that there's these glowing orbs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she does not have, if she wanted to say, look, dog man is flesh and blood. It's an undiscovered cryptic. And that's the end of the story. And if anybody says they're supernatural, go pound salt. She could say that and no one would question her. But the fact that she kept describing these orbs, these glowing orbs, And then she said that all these people, these investigators that she was with, all of them developed cancer. Oh, wow. And she was saying, now, look, what's the mathematical probability if you had five or six investigators, reporters, that all of them would develop cancer? Yeah, that's crazy. And didn't she also develop cancer? Yeah, and she died of it. So, yeah, yeah. Her, I mean, and, and she never came out and said this. At least I don't think she did. 
but these orbs, I think what she was insinuating is that these orbs are radiation. That's how you get cancer, being on radiation, right? You can. That's one of the yeah. ways you can get. So she left the question out there. Are dogmen beings, supernatural or not, And they're, but they're interdimensional, that they can cross from one dimension to the other, and the mechanism by which they travel is through these orbs. I know that there's, <laughs> there are people out there they're going to say that is the dumbest ass thing they've ever heard. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I, I, and no, there are, but there are also people out there that say that makes perfectly good sense. You know what I mean? And so, and I know in the Bigfoot community, it's the same way. There's this, you know, Bigfoot's this flesh and blood primate ape, you know, relative giant epithecus. And then there's these, well, you know, Bigfoot could be alien. They travel through these orbs and, you know what I mean? And, and trust me, and there's a line in the sand in the Bigfoot community that just it's that line's drawn and damn you if you if you're on the other side. But in the dog man world, I don't know. I don't know how how firm that line is. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, yeah. And I mean, it is all just speculation either way. So with the dog man specifically, though, there's there's just strange sightings where like a dog man will be in somebody's bedroom at night. Right. I I've mean, heard those stories. So, yeah. So it, it kind of like, it goes both ways where some people will see dog man on the side of the road eating roadkill. And then mm-hmm. another person wakes up and dog man's in their room with them and smiling at them or something, you know? Right. And, and, and I'm not going to say, look, I mean, we've interviewed some guests and they never made it on the air. Okay, we never actually put them on the air for people to listen to. That on a scale of one to ten, credibility, they're a zero. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. The, the, I mean, the one guy, and, and I can't remember his name, but it was fantastic. And he was a hundred percent serious. But it was the most outrageous, ridiculous lie you've ever heard. Okay. And we didn't we didn't run we didn't run it on the air because I mean we have our own credibility you know, you, you want to come off as serious people having a good time but you don't want to come off as, as a bunch of idiots. I'm not saying that if I wake up and there's a dog man smiling at me by the side of the bed, I'm not saying that that's real, but I'm not saying it's not real either. You know what I mean? All I right. can say is this. My personal experience was being out on a country road at night and being paced and stalked by this thing. And that's all my personal experiences can 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 add to this. Yeah. Everything else, everybody else's personal experiences is their own personal experience. And I'm not going to say it's real, not real. It was a bad dream. You were high as a kite on meth. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say that because I don't I don't know. Because there's a lot of people that, oh, you're full of crap. That never happened. This guy's lying. You know what I mean? There's been people yeah. that accuse me of, of making this story up, and that's fine. They can. I don't care. Um, but I know what I saw, and I saw what I saw. And if you choose to believe it, believe it. If you don't believe it, that's fine. You know, don't believe it. So, yeah, there's there's Dogman is just so weird because I've never heard anybody tell a story of how they woke up in the middle of the night and Bigfoot was sitting in their bedroom. Yeah. 
And and how did dog meat get in their house? You know what I mean? Like, do they have paws? Do they have, and I don't know. I I could I could not see this thing that was in the car. I didn't see its hands, so I don't know if it had the paws of a dog or it had the hands of a person. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But there was so. In Mansfield, Ohio, which is not far, it's about 30-minute drive, 25, 30-minute drive from where, where I saw my dog me experience, I read in one of Linda Godfrey's books. So 30, 30 miles away from me, there was this trailer park that had a trash dumpster. And numerous people kept seeing these two German shepherds walking and running on two legs. Okay, walking and running on two legs, getting in this, crawling in this dumpster and eating stuff. And then they would run away on two legs by people. So that's a dog man. That's a dog man. What's it, if, if, if it's a supernatural being, why the hell is it eating trash out of a dumpster? Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But like you say, and then there's, and there's, it, and it's not just one kooky person who says, I woke up and there was a dog man in my house. There's been numerous people who've said that, these things have appeared in their, you know, so you're like, what is it? You know what I mean? It, <laughs> I don't know. And, and I'm not going to pretend to say that I'm the world's foremost expert on dog man because I had one experience and I've read three of Linda Godfrey's books. <laughs> I mean, Right. So, so with you, it just seemed like an undiscovered animal, right? Like you didn't get any feeling of malevolence or evil no, or anything from no. it. No, I never got the feeling that I was in the presence of. So this is kind of funny. You know, I watch like, you know, the shows like Terror in the Woods, you know, Monsters and Mystery yeah. and, and those kind mm -hmm. of shows. And, and, and inevitably, invariably, there'll be some guest that says, I looked in his eyes and I saw pure evil. I, I'm not, <laughs> no, I, that's not how I, I did not get the sense that this was some evil demonic force. You know what I mean? Like, right. It just seemed like it was, it was a thing. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, it was an animal and that's, it was an animal doing what animals do. It was yeah. stalking me. That's to me, that's the experience I had. Now, was it a supernatural entity? stalking me maybe was it a real flesh and blood creature maybe was it an interdimensional creature stalking me maybe you know what i mean i don't i don't right. know i don't yeah, know it really doesn't have to be either or the way that you were saying before it could be something that when it's in our reality basically it's mm -hmm. physical so it's moving right. the corn it's i mean everything about it is physical and then maybe the next second it's not there so right i, I I, I'd, I'm not sure where I stand on that either. Um, I, I'm, it's kind of just up in the air with me. Um, right. What do you think would have happened? I want to go back to your experience. Mm -hmm. What do you think would have happened had you actually climbed that tree? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, nobody's ever asked me that question. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I mean, would it eventually have come out? You know what I mean? Would it ev eventually have come out and confronted me? Would it have tried to climb the tree to get me? I don't know. I really don't because when I was going to climb the tree, I, I, I didn't in my wild imagine, imagine, 
you know, what appeared to be the Egyptian god Anubis. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know. That's a great question. You're the only person that's ever asked that question. What would have have happened if I'd have climbed that tree? I don't know. I don't know if it would have came out and confronted me. I don't know. That's a great question. And I guess it depends too, if it has paws or if it has like a lot of people say that they have raccoon looking hands, Mm -hmm. big raccoon looking hands. So, I mean, that would, it would Mm -hmm. all kind of play into what it oh, looked yeah. like. If it had those kind of hands, it could have crawled the tree and got me. But if it just had right. But you know what? There are dogs that can climb trees. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not know it, that. No, there are. There, believe it or not, there are certain breeds of dogs that can climb trees. I've, I've heard that. And I'm like, whoa. Um, I also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was also going to ask you, just to get this out of the way, um, I know a lot of times with the Bigfoot community a lot of people say that dog man is actually just a baboon looking bigfoot so they'll say that people are mistaking bigfoot for mm-hmm. or uh, dog man for bigfoot that have like the baboon face right but but you clearly saw that right you i mean the the light yeah, of the no, truck that no was way. approaching lit yeah, it no, up. yeah. No, no way no way was this like a no way was this a baboon it, and like i said it did not have a primate's chest Right. It, it, yeah. it did not. It had a dog's chest. And it and it like I said, it had high point ear. It had a dog's head. That's what it looked like. You know, what I mean, there's no there's no way that that was a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, what I saw. No way. I mean, and I didn't like I said, I didn't stare at it for two solid minutes, you know what I mean? But I looked at it long enough to to, to see it. I mean, I saw it it was clear. I could see it and no, it wasn't. It wasn't a Sasquatch. I mean, two seconds when your adrenaline's running like that is a lifetime, basically. So yeah, it was <laughs> you can take probably, in a lot of information. Yeah, and it probably was longer than two seconds, to be honest with you. I mean... Really? Yeah. yeah so, okay, yeah, so you prob- got a great yeah, look at it. Oh, but- I got a good look. I mean, it did, you know, 30 feet worth of side shuffle running. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... Wow. Yeah, and it, it, it was... It was long enough for me to to see its chest, to see it, it turn its head, and to you know I saw it. I mean, there was a there was a when I was in college, I took this psychology class, and um, the professor is you know is teaching, and all of a sudden this guy runs into the classroom, grabs her purse, and takes off, and. And some guys jumped up to chase him, and they're like, "No, no, stop! Don't, don't do that! Don't do that!" And she says, "Well, I need to call the police, but I need, I need a description of what this guy looked like." And and she said, "No, I, I think he, you know, he had a red shirt and he had this or that." And then she went around the room, and everybody had to describe what he looked like. And everybody described him as having a red shirt and. Same colored hair. There were some different nuances about his pants and things like that. And then she brings the guy back in. He's not wearing a red shirt. He's wearing a different color shirt. And we're like, what the hell is this lady doing? And she's like, look, the power of suggestion. You know, I put in your head that this guy was wearing a red shirt. And so in your mind, when you were trying to remember it, when you were trying to recollect it, you saw a red shirt. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, But for me, I had zero frame of reference for me to think I saw something I didn't. You see what I'm saying? There was no power of suggestion 
The, and to be honest with you, I didn't know that Bigfoot, lived, if he's real, was in Ohio. I thought Bigfoot was something down in Boggy Creek. You know what I mean? Or, or, <laughs> or and, and I remember when that movie came out, um, I was at the drive-in theater. I think it was the Tri-Cities. It's called Tri-City Drive-In, which is an interesting story in of itself because the owner on the one screen, you know, are you familiar with a drive-in theater is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some people aren't because there's only, there's not that many of them around. But in Ohio, they still have some. So this guy was showing <laughs> on one screen was, you know, the legend of Boggy Creek. And on the screen behind it was hardcore triple X movies. So how did you get away with that? Well, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it was the, it was the, it was the seventies, you know? Right. So I remember, and, and I remember going to the concession stand, which was in the middle and, um, my mom covering my eyes so I couldn't see the, the hardcore pornography, you know, that was going on behind me. Right. <laughs> so, so anyways, I remember seeing the legend of Boggy Creek. Right. And I was scared shitless that, you know, that this monster was going to get me. And, and my, I remember my mom and dad assuring me that Bigfoot doesn't live in Ohio. You know, they weren't going to tell me that Bigfoot wasn't real, you know, Right. They assured me that Bigfoot was in Ohio. He was down south or in the Pacific Northwest. Right. So even as a teenager, I I, I never thought that that there was Sasquatch in Ohio. Like I didn't know that. And so I would have never at that time I would never have thought. Well, maybe I saw a Sasquatch, or maybe I, you know what I mean. There was there was no yeah. power suggestion yeah. for me to think something that I didn't see. Yeah. And it seems like, uh, over time you've done a really good job of protecting yourself about that. Like with the eye shine, mm-hmm. you don't want that suggestion to kind of right. skew your memory of the event. Right. So yeah, I, I don't, I want to, I, I want to tell it the way it happened to the best of my recollection. And I don't want to have somebody through the power of suggestion or have me remember it differently. You know what I mean? Because the yeah. human mind, you can remember, you know, people who, who experience trauma, um, post-traumatic stress, you know, disorders, they can remember things differently than how they really happen. And so I don't have, P- trust me, I don't have PTSD. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I don't take medicine or go see a counselor because of this. Um, but I will say this much. When I go outside at night, I'm always cognizant of, hey, there could be there could be something lurking in the shadows. There could be something ducking behind that car. And, yeah. and the thing I've said is, if Dogman's real, what else is real? You know, what that, else is I did the there? same thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that after my experience, I did the same thing where you start listening to all these different accounts, and you can't mm-hmm. really discount anything after you've experienced something like this. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, because if, if what I saw is real and then you have all these eyewitness statements from people who've seen, I mean, even things like, you know, bat squatch, you know, Bigfoot with wings. And you think, oh, that sounds just absolutely ridiculous. Right. You know what I mean, like there's a there's a but you but you hear people who tell these stories 
and they're a hundred percent sincere that that's what they saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, maybe they really did see this. Yeah. They, they might be a one in a billion that saw that thing, you know, maybe that thing popped right. into our existence right. for 10 seconds and they saw it and, <laughs> right. you know, good so, on them for coming forward. Yeah. So, and, and also I want to make something clear. There are people that confuse me with somebody else. And I remember seeing on like somebody was commenting on you, the, the American werewolves did a, uh, did a YouTube short of me telling my story. They, I don't think they put the whole story on there. But some guy put on those comments, yeah, I heard this guy on such this podcast. He also claimed he saw a Bigfoot. You know, what's the odds? He, well, no, I've never said that. You're confusing me. So I've never seen a Bigfoot. I never claimed to have seen a Bigfoot. Um, the only supernatural thing I have seen is what I assume is this thing called Dogman. Yeah. That's well, that's... It. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, you should definitely make that distinction there because, um, yeah, I, I, I think that not, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'm not somebody who, who claims to have had, and I'm not somebody who's claimed says, well, you know, the first time I saw a dog man and then the second time I saw, no, I yeah. had one experience. It was mid eighties. I was 15 years old. That's it. And, and I've never seen it since. And I've driven, up and down Temple Road numerous times, and I've never seen it again. I've never had any creepy feelings. Um, that was a it was a one off, you know. It was a one off, and, yeah. and and I've been down that road. And now, like I said, there uh, there's houses that are built in that woods. That woods has since been gutted pretty well, and there's like at least three houses that have been built in there. But even before that. You know, I went back in the daytime in a car, okay, and in the <laughs> emphasis, daytime in a car, and, you know, got out of the car and, and looked around at the woods and different things, and I never got never got this eerie feeling that, oh, no, it's still out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But there was an interesting thing is that, you know, uh, I was on uh, Shannon LeGros into the fray. And I told, I told my account and she got an email from somebody and they forwarded it to me. And it was a lady that had lived on a road. I won't mention the name because I don't, I don't know if, because I don't think they wanted to be, you know, didn't want to come on the show or anything. Right. So, but she was she was telling me that back in the mid eighties, which lined up with my experience, that um, she was living on a road that was within a quarter mile of Temple Road, and that she had either two or three Dobermans. I can't remember which one it was, but she had multiple Dobermans, and they were her guard dogs. And her boyfriend or husband, I can't remember who it was, worked night shift, and so she had these Dobermans, you know, and they. You know, they, if, you know, if a fly farted, they were, you know, they jumped up and were snarling <laughs> and, you know, they were her guard dogs. But she said one night they started acting funny and trying to look out the window. And all of a sudden they started whimpering and ran into her bathroom and, and basically curled up and was scared shitless to come out. And she just had this weird 
feeling that there was something outside her house that was so such a super predator that it scared her Dobermans to into just cowering in fear. And I and I thought, well, that would probably do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. And it's that crazy probably, that that stuck with her enough that when she heard your story, yeah. that memory popped up in her mind. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I do have one more question for you. Sure. I've kept you on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, on our phone call the other day, you mentioned that you now live next to a farm that harvests corn. Oh, and yeah. uh, you, you said that you, you sometimes, you can look out in your backyard and see the corn whenever it's uh, oh, yeah. growing corn that year. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do if you saw one of those again now? Run. <laughs> run, run. Same and, you thing, know, huh? so yeah because now look i'm not one of these guys who decides they're going to chomp off into the woods <laughs> at night looking for some cryptid creature and, and i've said this before about and, and if somebody's out there as a bigfoot investigator and they want to mf me they can go ahead and do that if they want but i know these people And I've been around these people who go out in the woods looking for Bigfoot at night and they're doing tree knocks and they're doing whoops and they're doing all this shit, right? And not a one of them has a firearm. And I said, let me ask you a question. If somebody told you that there was an escaped chimpanzee in those woods, would you go out there at night without a gun and try to find it? Yeah, no way. Because a chimpanzee will rip you to shreds. I mean, we've seen these accounts where they rip people's faces off and all these horrific things that a chimpanzee will do to you. And if Bigfoot is real, he's 20 times the size of a chimpanzee. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you you really want to go out and confront something that could literally pull your body apart. Is, is that really what you want to do? So I guess I preface this by saying, no, I don't go out looking <laughs> for dog man. And if I saw a dog, like, because I, I have a hot tub that sits in my backyard and it's within uh, probably 50 feet. Of Oh, it's definitely within 50 feet. It's probably about 40 feet, maybe 30 feet of, of the corn. Now, they, they crop rotate. So one year it's beans, and then the next year it's corn. It just so happens this year was corn. And at night, I sat there in the hot tub, and I'm staring at that corn. And sometimes the breeze at night, you know, the corn's starting to move, and I get a little nervy, man. <laughs> I get a little nervy. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but, it, but if something can't... I, Let's put it this way. I'm not going to go looking for this thing. I'm not going to go in the woods and I'm not going to try to bait it with food and I'm not going to try to call it or, or whatever people do to try to lure these cryptids. I'm not doing that because if they really are flesh and blood creatures, then guess what? They'll eat you. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I, and they'd eat you. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself in a situation because you know, you know, if you heard of David Pilates and his mm-hmm. four one, missing missing four one one book shows and stuff, people go missing all the time and they never find any evidence of anything. Just like gone, like just gone. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, well, maybe it's because they ran into one of these things, you know, cryptid creatures, and they killed them and they ate them. They disposed of their bodies or their, you know what I mean, whatever they do. And I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those guys who just goes missing. And they say, well, you know, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. You know, I came close as it was. Because let me tell you something. If that thing would have came out and got me, they would have never found anything of me. You know what I mean? I would have just. What would the story have been? Yeah, I I mean, mean, hey, you know, teenage boy goes running. He must have got abducted. He was gone. You know, he's he's just gone. And and, and there's uh, on American Werewolves, the the Seth Breed Love and Small Town Monsters did that I was on. There's a guy that tells a story about that, that this little girl had went missing and they end up finding her tattered clothing like she'd been oh, torn apart. Terrible. Yeah, it's like, okay, these these things are these things are carnivores, right? If if they're canines, they're carnivores. They're, its eyes were in the front of its head, right? That's what carnivores are. You know, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm if I saw one today, Shannon Legro asked me, he goes, would you want to see one? I'm like, no, I don't want to see one. I know they're real. I mean, I don't need to see it again. Um, would I like to see it on video? Sure. Would I like to see it in person? No. And she's like, well, suppose you were in a tank. Well, okay, if I'm in a tank. I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I'm not going to go out in the woods looking for one. I don't care if you said, hey, look, we're going to get me and you and a couple other hardcore hillbilly friends of mine, and we're going to go out with these shotguns and some, and we're going to find this dog, man. No, I'm not doing it. But, I mean, have you seen a uh, Tony Merkel of uh, the confessionals podcast did that very thing where he went out to um, basically a location where one of the guests that were on his show had a terrifying dogman encounter and he went out with a couple of his friends and filmed it. But it's like, and I mean, the guest wouldn't go out there at night. He showed them kind of where it was and everything, but he mm-hmm. wasn't there at night. And uh, he made that same point where he's just like, Cause they were going to go hiking in, leave their cars and go hiking in. And he's like, mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is real. Like it's, it's the same as yeah, if same, you were same. the only person that knew that there was a lion in the woods, like a lion mm-hmm. had escaped from the zoo. And then there's somebody mm-hmm. wanting to go out and find it. You're like, okay, but there really is a lion out there, you know, yeah, like, I there mean, really is a predator out there. Yeah. I mean, so you, you watch some of these shows like uh, finding Bigfoot and you want to hear an interesting side note. I went to law school with Matt Moneymaker. Oh, really? At the University of Akron. Wow. He and I went to law school together. And I had no idea that on weekends he was out squatching. Because he, he said one time on a show that he uh, that he had his first Bigfoot sighting over in Mansfield, Ohio, which is, like I said, about 30 minutes from where I am, where those people saw those dogmen digging the trash. That he was over at uh, – at, uh, where exactly was that? But it's over there by, I think, Pleasant Hill Dam or something. It's over there by Mohegan. Mohegan State Park is a, is a, is a big area. So, so he claimed that that, I think, was where he first had his first pick. And I'm like, I didn't know this, you know. That's crazy. So, yeah, but, you know, the, the show Finding Bigfoot, you know, these guys go tromping around in the woods at night. And, you know, first of all, they, they, and I'm not making fun of the show. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they have a film crew and they have, they have all this stuff. If there really is something out there, they're not going to find it. You know what I mean? It's not going to come and attack a whole camp of people. I don't think, you know what I mean? They're, you know, these things are, you know, they're smart or they're, they're, you know, 
but you go out there one or two guys, you know, one or two guys, maybe three guys with no camera crew, yeah. no sound crew, no, you know, and you're going to horse around out there. Yeah. You run the risk of probably running into something that you don't want to really actually run into. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've, me and my friends, when I started this podcast, we like, I mean, we always talk about how eventually maybe we'll be doing that same thing where we're going out to sites where people experience these things. But I'll tell you, <laughs> there's something about dog man that I'm just it's something about that cryptid. I don't want to go where I don't want to go by the corn. I don't want to go yeah. out to the corn at night. No, I, mean, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get on board with Bigfoot, even though you just now kind of scared me with that whole chimpanzee thing. Yeah. But, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but something about dog, man. I mean, aliens, I'm down. If there was a spaceship in the, on like at your camp campsite or something, I'm there, Yeah, but I'm not going to go traipsing around the corn looking for dog, man. No, I don't think it's a good idea. I think that, <laughs> I, I mean, I know what I saw, so I know it's real. Now, like we said, is it supernatural or just blood, flesh and blood, you know, flesh and bone? I don't know. But I know one thing. It's fast as hell. It's yeah. bigger than me. There's no way you can outrun it. And if you were in a woods and this thing decided it was going to get you, you're screwed because yeah. it's fat. I mean, it's fast. I mean, like I said, I was in pretty good shape. I was a 15-year-old kid who was in pretty good shape. And when I took off, when I when I made the decision that first time that I'm going to go assholes and elbows and, and go really, really fast, this thing just paced me easily. Like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. You were out, if you were out in the woods at night and this thing can see in the, you know, canines can see it, see in the dark and you can't. And it can smell you and you can't smell it. And that's the other thing. I, people ask me one time, did you get sort of a pungent odor? odor? No, I didn't smell anything. Like, I didn't smell anything. Um, no, you're out there in the woods and this thing can track you and you can't track it. And it's stealth and it's dark and it's fast. And it would not end well. If, 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 it, if you happen to be in a woods where it was at and it wanted to get you, it would get you. There's there's no way you're getting away from it. At least I don't yeah. think you would. No. Yeah. You don't have to convince me on that. Well, uh, judge, I feel like I've kept you for a while now. Um, if you want, before we go, um, give a little rundown of your podcast from the shadows. Yeah. It's called from the shadows podcast. We're on all the major streaming services. Um, we have an email from the shadows podcast and I'm trying to make sure is it at Gmail? I have to check. Um, hold on one second. I'm just double check this, uh, from the shadows podcast. And I think it actually is, I think it is at Gmail. Yep. It's from the shadows podcast at gmail.com. So if anybody wants to email me some questions, go right ahead and I'll try to get back to you. Um, um, you know, with, with answers, I check that email every once in a while. So, but but we're on all the major streaming services and uh, come and check us out and and we do everything we do ghosts we do aliens we do bigfoot we do dogman we do all the supernatural stuff one of the craziest ones we ever heard was we did the one on evil gnomes and that went oh my gosh that is a great one it is a great one. i encourage somebody to listen to that one the evil gnomes one is really really good um yeah, come check us out. And uh, oftentimes I'm not on there. It's just Grover sometimes. But 
um, we have we have a good time with it. And uh, and if you have a story, if you have a story or an encounter, and you you want to come on and tell your story, we'd love to have you on. Just reach out to us. Well, thank you so much. I'm definitely going to go check out that gnomes episode. I have not heard that one yet. Check so out the evil gnomes episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on the show. It was a blast. Yeah, it was. And thank you and, and best of luck. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for tuning into the show. Now, if you have a story and you would like to be featured on the show, please send me an email at firelightvibes at gmail.com. I'm wanting to turn this into a weekly show as fast as possible, but to do that, I need guests to interview. So don't be shy. Send me that email. Also, if you would like to support the show, check out our online store at firelightvibes.com. Any purchase made there goes right back into the show. You can also support the show by just leaving a positive review. That goes a long ways towards increasing our reach. So any help there is definitely greatly appreciated. Well, I think that just about does it tonight. So until next time, I've been your host, Sean Phillips, and you've been listening to Firelight Fives. <laughs>